step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call... The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. And welcome to this episode of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If you're listening today, the show is uploaded. It is Sunday, February 18th. Episode number 1526. Right next to me is my Sunday funny. Kimmy, I got one name. Kimmy. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. I'm your host, Patrick Riley. I'm just a soul whose intentions are good. Misunderstood. That is so true. Please don't let me be misunderstood. Right next to me, to my left, is Kimmy. She's a super is so true her size 18 shoes that she wears correct hey now well, you're like peggy hill on king of the hill when you go bowling with gimme they have to bring out those big shoes no 18s isn't that right isn't that the size you wore last time we went bowling 16 oh okay well here she is and she is our freak it is a sunday funny how are things going for you uh, on this uh, sunday funnies kimmy great well that's uh, that that's good to hear this happened to be so the, far. Uh, great so far. Well, so far. it's a Sunday. What could go wrong? Sunday morning, up Almost uh, Kimmy's theme song right there. Matter of fact, you might be able to hear Kimmy sing that one. You might be able to see her perform that one at an upcoming event that Riley and Kimmy shows at. I, I, she has such a huge list of things she could be performing or even imitating because she is the official Riley and Kimmy show impersonator. <laughs> Who knows what you'll find at the Riley and Kimmy show's booth at an upcoming event. Find out where those events are. Just uh, lock into us uh, with Facebook and other social media. Follow us on any one of those platforms, maybe all of them. And matter of fact, recommend them to your friends. You can find those links to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and more on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Also there, you'll find the easiest way to listen to us any time of day or night. Take us along on iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud. Those uh, platforms are available on that website of ours. Also, archived episodes all the way back to number one and celebrity interviews, and pop culture information, so much more on our website. What's our web address, Kimmy? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com 
pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is the big question on this Sunday. Does Kimmy want to challenge her brain cells with a thrilling game of pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? Oh, yeah. All right. The timeline has been adjusted, meaning it's not in chronological or linear order, or maybe it is to confuse you. Regardless, shout out answers to Kimmy. You can do this by, well, yelling, shouting or talking to whatever computing device you happen to be listening to the Riley and Kimmy show on right now. And it could be anything because we are mobile. We are global. You can take us anywhere on planet Earth. Yeah, take us to work with you. Take us uh, you know, to lunch. Take us uh, to bed if you like. We're there if you can't sleep too. 24-7. That's the Riley and Kimmy show. Very first question we have for Kimmy is in the world of literature. How do you feel about that one, Kimmy? Hmm, we'll see. Uh, yeah, we will see. Let's see if you have read this one. The year is 1885. Adventures of Huckleberry Finn is published in the United States for the first time. Who is the author? Mark Twain. That's correct. Did they have that in your school system, or was that uh, a no-no book? Had they removed it? Oh, I don't think it was. Did you read it? Have you I ever read that book? Don't be- I don't recall. All right. We're looking for the year, Kimmy. Within five years, the planet Pluto was discovered. Well, the announcement of it was made on this date in history. Photographs were taken a few weeks earlier in the month of January. What year? I have a year coming to me. I think it's um, 1939. Ooh. We gave you a five, didn't we, unfortunately? You miss it, Kimmy. Do you want to go up or down? Oh, let's go 1930. That is exactly right. 1930, Pluto came to be. I mean, what would have uh, Mickey's what would Mickey's dog been named otherwise? Ah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, Pluto. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The Mm. year's 1953. Give me a big contract is given. Yes, a contract to continue a certain TV show is given to this husband and wife. The TV show they were given a contract of eight million dollars. To continue the show for another two years. Eight million dollars for what TV show? Here's your clue. I love Lucy. And who are the two that got the eight million bucks? That would be Lucy, uh, Lucille Ball, and Desi Arnaz. You're you're right. Eight million dollars. Think about that. To continue the show from 1953 on this date through 1955. It's a lot. That, that, that is a, I mean, I'm, no, we do not need you to calculate this. If somebody's, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, okay, the year is 1974. This rock and roll group releases their first album, Kimmy. It is a self-titled album. We have two clues if you need it. Here's one of the tracks that would become a concert staple. It's called Deuce.
Can you tell me the name of that band, Kimmy? Kiss. Do you have that album? No. How did you know that? That's a non-charting. It didn't hit top 40 at all. Mm, the sound. Very good. Kimmy is our audio file. That's from their self-titled album that was released on this date, 1974. The year is 1977. We are staying in the world of music. This song is released. Tell me the recording artist. Can you tell me who released True Love 1977? I don't know that song either, but it sounds like George Harrison. You got it right. I, I'm surprised you don't have that in your collection because you're a big Beatles fan. I thought you would have uh, that Not one. Not so big on George. Oh, I like George. Mm. Sorry to hear that, Kimmy. The year is 1987. This song is released. Tell me the name of the hit. <coughs> Hurricane and it ripped the ceiling off a church and killed everyone inside. You turn on the telly and every other story is telling you somebody died. My sister killed a baby cause she couldn't afford to feed it. It was sending people to the moon. In September my cousin tried reaper for the very first time. Now he's doing horse. It's June. Can you tell me the name of that hit? Oh, I was going to say Pop Life, but it's not that. No. Oh, Kimmy, come on, get you do it. I can't. Yeah, sign of the times. That is home, Kimmy, who had that 1987 hit. Prince. Yeah, it would chart to number three on the Billboard Hot 100. The year is 1989. We're staying in the world of music, but going over into the country charts, Kimmy, this person releases this single on this date, 1989. It would be his first number one hit of many. Tell me who it is. I know I'm leaving here a better man. It was released on this date. would become the Billboard Song of the Year on the country charts for 1989. Can you tell me who that is? I don't know. He's married to actress Lisa Hartman. Clint Black. Yeah, that's right. It's Clint Black, 1989, A Better Man. Celebrity and notable birthdays, famous people born on this date. You will not know who this person is by name, Kimmy. Unfortunately, you will not know who he is. Powerful actor. His name is Edward Arnold. Born on this date, 1890. He appeared in more than 150 films. He was in You Can't Take It With You in 1938. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. He plays a slimy Slimy politician in that one, or, or deal-maker, behind-the-scenes kind of guy. He was in Meet John Doe in 1941, The Devil and Daniel Webster in 41. 
He was the first actor to portray the detective Nero Wolfe, starring in Meet Nero Wolfe in 1936. And he was no stranger to the world of the golden age of radio. He had a, a unique role where he became associated with the President of the United States. Matter of fact, all of them, he played, I don't know, I think it was like 20 different presidents on a mm. thing called Mr. President. Well, now you've heard the historical facts of the case of Private William Scott and President Abraham Lincoln. And think of this a moment. When you consider the way people loved Lincoln, it becomes very clear why the legends about him are so many. Francis de Janvier wrote an epic poem about the case called The Sleeping Soldier, and the people eagerly recited it and on every possible occasion. The legend grew. It told of the president visiting Scott in the guardhouse. It told of the boy's promise to be a brave man. It told how Lincoln drove madly from the White House to the place of execution to save Scott just as the firing squad leveled their rifles. And it told of Scott speaking of the president with his last breath. Truly a legend that had its roots in the love of the people for a great president. Now you can judge for yourself how far from the facts that legend is. But nothing will ever controvert the fact that the gentle president always did his utmost to temper military justice with civilian mercy. That's Edward Arnold, born on this date, 1890. Had a fantastic voice. Now, the downside to Mr. President, now we played examples of it in the past on the Riley and Kimmy show, is, well, he would play George Washington. He played Lincoln, which he was talking about right there. He played, you know, Thomas Jefferson, Teddy Roosevelt. The list goes on. Problem is, he did it in the same voice with the same delivery. Every single one of them. They're fantastic histori- you know, history pieces, biographies, but the suspension of disbelief is, you know, it's hard there. Hmm. Um, one president of the United States loved him and referred to him as Mr. President when he would visit the White House, and that was Harry Truman. Harry Truman would refer to Edward Arnold as Mr. President president Hmm. he also did uh other work in the golden age of radio and to give you an idea he was very talented he just it wasn't just a voice he didn't rely just on that voice he could use it command it we have an example here where he plays a person who is driven to murder this is from 1949 from the golden age of radio just a brief sniglet here of his voice when you wait for something a minute seems like an hour an hour like a century I've heard that all my life, but now, waiting for a door to open, a door at the far end of the big office, at last I realize the true meaning of those words. He's in there, in that office, but he won't be the one to open the door this time. A dead man doesn't open doors. That body. Sooner or later, someone will have to discover that body. But why do I feel it must be later? It seems like almost all my life I've watched Mr. Waterbury's door. The door at the far end of the office marked private. Bang open on that fighting, snarling voice. Mr. Baker! Mr. Timothy Baker! Will you come in here? And I quickly laid down my pencil, take off my eye shade, pick up the accounts payable ledger, and walk the full length of the office. A fantastic actor. That's Edward Arnold, born on this date, 1890. Kimmy, see if you can identify who was born on this date, 1920. An American radio and television personality whose career, well, it spanned five decades, and he's known for being a game show host. Now, over the course of time, 
He hosted 23 shows that actually made it on the air. It's unknown how many pilots he did. He earned the nickname Dean of Game Show Hosts, who was born 1920. Where are you going, Nancy? To the R, please. Letter R, okay. Answer starts with R. Question, what R was first used on ships in 1241 and is what steers airplanes and... Rosetta. Rudders. Rudders the right answer. You got another one. First rudder was made 1241, and that's very recently because it's only 110 now. Boy, I knew that joke wouldn't work. I thought the joke, see, the, the idea is made in 1241. Then I say, well, the first rudder was made in 1241, and here it is only 110. <laughs> Did we do this show with just an applause machine? We are. Okay, good enough. Musetta, would you give me an opportunity to pause for a commercial? Sure. Because I feel the way things are going with my humor today, this might be my last chance to make $30. We'll be back here just a second. He would also be a panelist on many shows. Kimmy, can you tell me who that is? Bill Cullen. Is that your go-to answer for game show hosts, or do you really believe that is Bill Cullen? I think it's Bill Cullen. You're like 100% sure that's Bill Cullen. So. Yeah, Kimmy's right. It's Bill Cullen, born on this day, 1920, died at the age of 70 in 1990. Tons of shows. Yeah, you would see him on To Tell the Truth as a panelist, sometimes filling in, too. I've Got a Secret. You can catch him on Buzzer TV. They run him. There is one program. I, I don't know. Whoever pitched it. Was had a miracle mouth to actually a million dollar mouth to get this show on the air. It was a show called Child's Play. You've seen that when he hosted. That is, I love game shows. That one's tough. That mm. one's very tough to watch. That's where they play segments of kids giving, you know, describing something, and you got to guess what it is. That mm. was a that was a network uh, game show that went to syndication, and I don't think they did that many of them because anytime I zap in at a certain time that has aired in the past on Buzzer TV. Seems like the same episode uh, was airing. Hmm. Moving to another birthday, Kimmy. Actor born on this date, 1919. Nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor in the movie Shane. 1953, he played the bad man, the gunslinger named Jack Wilson. You know him. For playing in the movie Batman in 1989, who is it? Say this. Makes a connection with us and with Axis Chemicals. What kind of damage are we looking at? Jack. Smart thinking. That's the way to go, in fact. I'd like you to handle this operation personally. Hello, sweetheart. I wonder if you'd mind waiting in the next room. That's all, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. That's all. Jack. It's an important job. I need someone I can trust. You are my number one guy. Now, don't forget your lucky deck. My friend. Your luck is about to change. Get me Lieutenant Eckhart. Can you tell me who was born on this date, 1919? Jack Palance. These are the kinds of subjects a man named Robert L. Ripley challenged us to... Believe it. 
or not. And he also did that show, too. Did you ever watch him on Believe It or Not? No. Oh, well, that's something to check out if you can find those streams. They're kind of fun to watch. And definitely check him in the movie Shane. If you have never seen Shane, 1953, he's fantastic, opposite of Alan Ladd. Jack Palance, born on this date, 1919, died 2006 at the age of 87. Next person, a movie star, Kimmy, also did some television Born on the state in 1925, he appeared in more than 200 films and TV productions. TV show that he starred in was from the 1970s. See if you can identify the TV show. Any clue? Kimmy, what that TV theme is, too. Oh, I don't know. It is a police show. Can you do it? No. All right. We'll give you more clues who this is in just a second. He played opposite of Paul Newman in Cool Hand Luke in 1967, winning the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for that role. He was the only actor to appear in all four films of the Airport series. He played the police captain Ed Hucken in the Naked Gun series of comedy films. And he played in the 1974 film Earthquake. Have you ever seen that, Kimmy? I have not. Oh, well, you missed, missed a good one there. He hosted Saturday Night Live in 1981. He was on Fantasy Island in 83. And he was on Dallas for 67 episodes See if you can identify who he is. Here's your audio clue, Kimmy. You're crazy if you think you can get away with this. If this was deliberate, I'll not only destroy your company, I'll see that you both hang. The Coast Guard gave me full confirmation. My super tanker, completely filled with heavy crude, was rammed dead on by a Ewing oil tanker. What? Oil is leaking out all over the Gulf, and you're sitting here having dinner? Don't give me that crap. You never heard of the faraway hill out of Maracaibo, Venezuela? Kimmy, can you identify who it is? Leslie Nielsen? It's not Leslie Nielsen. No. no. Here's another clue for you. He would also do television commercials. If one Rolaids tablet isn't always enough for your acid indigestion, watch this Tums demonstration. One Rolaids and one Tums tablet are added to stomach acid. Both neutralize the acid. But on those occasions when your stomach has even this much more acid, Tums can still absorb it. Rolaids can't. Because tablet for tablet, Tums neutralizes one-third more acid than Rolaids. For acid indigestion and heartburn, all you may need is this, Tums. Can you do it, Kimmy? Mm, I'm afraid not. The TV theme we didn't identify was The Blue Knight from the 1970s. Do you remember that TV show? No. That was a cop show, Blue Knight, and the star was George Kennedy, who was born on this date, 1925. Now, I knew not to play anything from... Cool Hand Luke, because you've never seen that movie, have you? Um, I've seen parts of it. All right. Well, maybe we could have played a part of it then for you. I didn't think you'd ever seen that movie at all. Hmm. Cool Hand Luke. I, I was under the impression you'd never seen that. Next individual, tell me how old this person is once you identify them, Kimmy. You have a five-year buffer. This person's known for being an artist and a singer. Here's a song that was released in 1981, Kimmy. Identify who this is. Walking on thin ice I'm paying the price For throwing the dice In the air 
walking on thin ice. It didn't receive airplay on top 40, but it did receive play at clubs, discos during its time period. Can you tell me who that is, Kimmy? Yoko Ono? Whoa. How did you know that? Uh, the first How? The first name of a bad singer that could come to mind. <laughs> wow. Well, that song is historic, Kimmy. It's the last piece that John Lennon worked on. Matter of fact, she and John Lennon had just concluded recording that song December 8th of 1980. It was upon their return from the recording studio to their home that Lennon was murdered and he was holding the master tapes of that song right there. Wow. It's a historic song. Well, you do have a great ear. Yoko Ono, born on this date. How old is she today within five years? Um, 82. Very good. You're right within the five. She is actually 85. Hmm. Next individual, Kimmy. Musician best known for being a founding member of a certain rock pop band. Lead vocalist and keyboardist. He went solo. Tell me who it is. Here's your clue. Is this the train to Desiree? Was all she said. But I knew I'd heard. That stranger's voice before I turned to look into her eyes But she moved away A song written and performed by this mystery birthday person, Kimmy, is from his debut solo album of the same name. That was from 1984. The song did hit number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100 and ended up as number 97 on the Billboard Top 100 Hits for the year of 1984. Who is celebrating a birthday? Dennis DeYoung. What band was he founder of? Sticks. That's correct. How old is he today within five years? Uh, 71. You are a groupie of Dennis DeYoung's. I am? Yeah, you got it exactly right, you groupie. Wow. Identify the next person born on this date, American film director, producer, and screenwriter, he directed many films of the 1980s and 90s or produced or wrote scripts for. Those that he directed, we have just a few here. 1984, it was 16 Candles. Then The Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck, all his. Who is it? John Hughes. Correct. What year did he pass? Um. Within five. 2014. He passed 2009 at the age of 59. Next person, actress. She played on a hit TV show from 1985 to 1989. Matter of fact, she starred on that TV show. See if you can identify the TV show. Here's its theme. Someone might die. Can you tell me the name of that TV show? Moonlighting. You're right. Who's having a birthday? Addison, my God. Do you know what this means? We're ahead. $2,035.76 in the black. We made money. The first money we've made. Money we've made. That sounds so much nicer than money we've spent or money we've lost. Get your hand off my behind. Would you get serious? 
She played Maddie Hayes, opposite of Bruce Willis on Moonlighting. Who is it? Um, can you give me the initials? Are you serious? I know who it is. I just C S C S. Um. Wow, it's escaping. She was a model, became an actress. I know. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't do it. I'm. I have a name block. Sybil. Shepherd. That's correct. How old is she today? Within five years. Um, seventy-two. She's sixty-eight today. Moving somewhere else on that birthday list. This singer celebrating her 68th birthday. Tell me who it is. Here's a song that reached number four in 1981 of hers. Just call me angel of the morning, angel. Just touch my cheek before you leave me, baby. Just call me angel of the morning, angel. And so who is having a birthday, Kimmy? Ooh, I I can't do that one. We have another clue for you. 1981 number two hit for this birthday person. Can you tell me who that is? Oh, I should be able to. Yes, come on, you can do this. Please help Kimmy out. Initials? J-N. Juice Newton. Wow, uh, that's scary. <laughs> okay, that, that's right, she is 68 today. Next person, actor, singer, Kimmy. No more for acting, but he did chart as a singer. Back in 1976, his first release from his second album did chart quite well it spent five months on the billboard hot 100 peaking at number 10 it was released right at the time period he was starring on a certain tv show can you tell me who it is here's the single let her in gonna let her in my life A look at her face and there isn't a trace of doubt in my mind Gonna let her in Gonna let her in Gonna let her in my life By the look on Kimmy's face, I have a feeling she does not have this one on vinyl or anything. Um, Can you tell me who it is, or do you need clue number two, Kimmy? Let's have clue number two. All right. Now, keep in mind, Let Her In reached number 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. It was released at the end of the first year of his four-year run on this TV show he starred on. Mr. Potter, are you ready to see me now? Good, because I'm running late. Mr. Carter, I just want to tell you how excited I am about this this term paper. It's, it's, it's all I can think about lately. Oh, yes, I, I'm really into it. Well, what subject are you going to write about? What? Who is having a birthday? Who had that big hit, Kimmy? 
John Travolta. Yes, how old is John Travolta today within five years? Um, 62. John Travolta today celebrating his 64th birthday. Did you notice I didn't play a uh, clue from that plastic bubble movie? Mm, was I, remember that one? I know you like that one so much. The, yeah, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble from uh-huh. 1976. Now, the reason I kind of like it is, well, there's two reasons. Um, you have the dad from... The Brady Bunch in it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's there. And you have John Travolta in this hamster habitat that they take outside. That's what he kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. And a horse jumps over him. Yeah. And he walks around in a spacesuit, which makes no sense if you actually, the, you know, he, he, he would get contaminated the way they did. They showed this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I still kind of like it. It's one of the worst made-for-TV mm-hmm. movies of all time. Yeah. Next person celebrating a birthday can be known for a certain game show. See if you can identify her talking about her game show experience. I get all dressed up like a Barbie doll. I go out. I give someone else's money away, make them happy, and we all go home. In show business, no. There's nothing else I want to do. When I became famous, Hugh Hefner decided to put me on the cover. He was a friend of mine, and I went to him and said, Hef, if you put these pictures on the cover, it could ruin my career. And he still put them on there. I didn't go to the mansion anymore after that. Who is having a birthday, Kimmy? Vanna White. Thank you. You're I am very excited and happy to be part of Wheel of Fortune. How old is Vanna White today within five years? 65. Vanna White celebrating her 61st birthday. She's been part of pop culture in so many ways, including, uh, well, a record. <laughs> Weird Al with uh, his Vanna White uh, song, Stuck in a Closet with Vanna White. Uh, you look at me odd. You've never heard that one? No. You need to listen to my MP3 player, Kimmy. What and, is uh, that a spoof of? It's just an original composition. He, he likes Vanna White. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's because he saw her in the movie uh, Venus. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Made for TV, 1988, you know, where she played the goddess of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Next person, actress. Tell me how old she is once you identify her. She was cast in her first major role on the TV show Facts of Life from 1979-80, the season nobody watched. Matter of fact, everybody that you know from that show wasn't part of it. They retooled it, booted her from the, the group. She was cast aside, but she went to movies. She appeared in the film's 16 Candles. She also appeared in Pretty in Pink, and she appeared in this film, the Breakfast Club. Tell me who's having a birthday today. Well, because if I do what my mother tells me not to do, it's because my father says it's okay. It's like this whole big monster deal. It's endless. It's a total dread. It's like any minute. Divorce. I'm not that pristine. Who is having a birthday? Molly Ringwald. Yes, how old is she today within five years? Um, 53? She is 50. Today, next person, actor Matt Dillon, starred in The Outsiders, also The Flamingo Kid, Drugstore Cowboy, uh, let's see, To Die For, opposite Nicole Kidman, who was psycho, and other films as well. How old is he within five years, Kimmy? Mm, um, Matt Dillon. 50? 
Matt Dillon celebrating his 54th birthday today. I see dead people. Notable deaths. Famous people who died on this date in history. Kimmy, we're looking for a year. Within two years, this happened. NASCAR driver Dale Earnhardt Sr. was killed in a crash during the Daytona 500 race. What year, within two years, did this happen? 2005? It was 2001 that that happened. Tell me who this is. Passed away 1564, died at the age of 88, artist, renaissance man, known for painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in Rome, also the statue of David and so many other pieces of art. Who is it? Michelangelo. That's correct. Next person died 1977 at the age of 71, known for westerns, he was part of a very successful television and radio series called The Adventures of Wild Bill Hickok. He appeared in Twilight Zone in one of my favorite episodes called Hocus Pocus and Frisbee from 1962. He had a unique voice. Tell me who passed away, Kimmy, 1977. He didn't call me old and Frisbee for nothing. Old Cumulus Frisbee, they call me. Old Archimedes Frisbee, they called me. What he always called me, old rear-engine Frisbee. Stonewall Frisbee. Old Rocket Thrust Frisbee, they called me. They used to call me old liquid-propellant Frisbee. That's from 1962, the Twilight Zone episode, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee. Can you tell me who it is? Hmm, um, no. Come I, on, Kimmy, you can do it. He also did television commercials. Get a load of this, kids. It's Little Ralph, a puppet, just like Big Ralph, the sun-kissed dinosaur. Now you can get a Little Ralph for $1 and a piece of orange peel that says sun-kissed on it. Get your order blank. At your participating grocery store, right? I guess you're supposed to mail in a orange peel. Wow. I wonder how mm. that that went Ew. in the mail. Oh. You can't tell me who that is, Kimmy. Uh-uh. I'll give you one extra clue. I My first time on stage was because of this person. I can't do it. We've talked about him before. It's Andy Devine who passed away on this date, 1977. Next individual, American sportscaster Kimmy, dies... They're not sure how old he was. He might have been 83. Uh, that's, they say, probably 83. Maybe a little older, maybe not. Tell me who died and what year did he pass? We give you here a plus or minus of five years. Identify who it is. And we go down the bottom of the seventh. The Cubs leaving three to nothing. All right. Who is that, Kimmy? Harry Carey. Holy cow! What year did Harry Carey pass within five years? Um, 2000? Harry Carey passed away at the age of, well, maybe 83, 1998. I think you did a fantastic job on today's trivia, Kimmy. Thank you. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about with an episode of the Golden Age of Radio. Radio was 
We talked about actor Edward Arnold being born on this date, 1890. Now, we played an example of him playing, well, he, he's a murderer. Uh, he's driven to murder. We played a little sniglet of that just a little bit ago, and I decided, well, why don't we play the whole thing? Because it's a fantastic example of the golden age of radio and a great example of this this man's fantastic abilities because he wasn't just a voice. He had a powerful voice, but he could use it like a musical instrument. The episode's called Account Payable. The plot, a meek bookkeeper, decides to bump off his boss and help himself to $50,000 from his safe. The story has a surprise ending. Please listen to the entire thing. This episode is an example of things that would influence the Twilight Zone and Alfred Hitchcock's TV series. The ending is not what you're going to expect. Fantastic directed, fantastic written, and an excellent performance from Edward Arnold. Going back in time, here's Edward Arnold with a count Payable on the Riley and Kimmy Show. When you wait for something, a minute seems like an hour, an hour like a century. I've heard that all my life, but now, waiting for a door to open, a door at the far end of a big office, at last I realize the true meaning of those words. He's in there, in that office, but he won't be the one to open the door this time. A dead man doesn't open doors. That body. Sooner or later, someone will have to discover that body. But why do I feel it must be later? It seems like almost all my life I've watched Mr. Waterbury's door. The door at the far end of the office marked private. Bang open on that biting, snarling Mr. voice. Mr. Baker! Mr. Timothy Baker! Will you come in here? And I'd quickly lay down my pencil, take off my eye shade, pick up the accounts payable ledger, and walk the full length of the office. With all eyes upon me until I was at that impersonal, frosted glass door. As many times as I'd walked down that aisle, as well as I knew these people all around me, it still made me uncomfortable. And as many times as I'd, I'd been in Mr. Waterbury's office, I still trembled slightly inside. Well, Baker... Have you the accounts payable ledger with you? Yes, Mr. Waterbury, right here. Oh. <laughs> Drop a chair, Baker. <laughs> I want to go over these with you. I'll, I'll stand, if you don't mind. <laughs> stand. That's right. Those chairs are too heavy for you to move. That it? <laughs> too heavy. <laughs> too heavy. Too heavy. Waterbury's favorite joke. Because I'm a big man, but he's a wiry giant. There were only two things we had in common, Mr. Waterbury and I. We worked in the same office, and we were both sick men. But after five o'clock, after five o'clock, my life was different. I shook off my bonds, and I was king. My daughter, my Jessie, would be waiting for me. And every night I knew that there was no indignity that John Woodbury or anyone else in the world could subject me to. It wasn't more than outweighed by a single smile from my little girl. Jessie, Jessie, darling. I'll be with you in a second, Dad. Dinner's all ready. All right, dear, I'll wash up. 
Here, just go, go, get away from me. No, my face is all wet. Here. Uh, all right. There. <laughs> now, not another ounce of affection until I'm fed and cared for. Ah, I got your favorite tonight. Oh, Lamb stew. Fine. <laughs> yes. There's only one place set, aren't you? Uh, Mr. Timothy Baker, how can you have such a brilliant, beautiful, thoughtful daughter when you're so absent-minded? Huh? Wednesday night, remember? Dinner date, remember? Huh? Fraternity party, remember? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I completely oh. forgot. Tonight it is, mm-hmm. huh? Well, well, and what time do you leave? Well, I'll, I'll have a cup of coffee with you, and then I'm going over to Margaret's house, and the boys will pick us up there. Ah, that's wonderful. At last. An evening alone. Oh. Peace and quiet. <laughs> Baker, you won't know what to do with yourself. Wait, you'll sit up and read a mystery book till I come home. And then you'll say, home already? Didn't you enjoy yourself? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You win. <laughs> Who's taking you? I don't know. What? <clears throat> Won't know, in fact, until he picks me up at Margaret. Oh. Isn't it exciting? Yes, I'm sure. Well, all right. Where's my napkin and... And sure enough, I was sitting up in bed with a mystery book when she came home. I heard her close the door and come up the stairs. Jessie? Dad, put down that book and get to sleep. Enjoy yourself? Oh, well, I had a wonderful time, Dad. Perfectly grand. It, it's two o'clock and you've got to get up at seven and so... Good night. Good night, dear. I knew that someday Jessie would marry and leave me for a home of her own. It didn't worry me, although I thought 20 was, well, a rather tender age. She was so shy this time. No mention of the boy. Just a new bloom in her cheeks. A distant look in her eyes. During the days that followed, I was practically living in the house by myself. Jess was so lost in her own little world. Then there was a black night. The night I heard the door slam. It wasn't like Jessie not to say goodnight, even if it was only a cold word through my closed door. I sat still for a moment, then put down my book and got out of bed. I could hear Jessie sobbing. I, I'm sorry. Good night, Dad. Jessie. Jessie, what's the matter? Nothing, it's nothing. Jessie, darling, what's wrong? Oh, Dad, I, I'm so unhappy. Oh, Dad. There, sweetheart, what's the trouble? <laughs> Nothing can be that bad. Nothing in the world should make you cry like that. It, it's Bill. You know, Dad, I'm so in love with him. I know it, and I... Oh, oh I see. You had a fight. Oh, no. No, he hasn't done a thing except be sweet and wonderful and thoughtful and kind. And... Well, then, what's wrong? Hasn't he got a job? Well, he's studying. He'll, he'll be a doctor in about another year. No, it's not that. It's... It's his father. His father? Yes, his father. He didn't know Bill was going with me. When he met me, when he bumped into us on the street by mistake, he even seemed to like me. Until... Until what? Come, come. Tell me, tell me. Oh, Dad. Bill's father is Mr. Waterbury. And when he found out I was your daughter, he... I felt the blood rush to my head and my body grow weak. Mr. John Waterbury... The daughter of a bookkeeper. Even his head bookkeeper wasn't fit for his son. His son was going to be a doctor. I felt myself going dizzy. Oh, Dad, sit down. Huh? Oh, Dad, it's not another attack, is it? Uh, oh, no, please no, sit no, here. Right, right. Oh, I didn't mean to upset you. Oh, Dad. Yeah, it's all right. 
was prepared for the next day. I knew Mr. Waterbury would call me. And for the first time in my life, I was prepared to stand up to him. He could do what he wanted to me, but not to my Jesse. I'd quit. I'd take her to South America. I'd... Uh... Baker, come in here at once. Well, come in, Baker. Yes, Mr. Waterbury. Close that door. Yes, Mr. Waterbury. Baker, how long have you worked for me? Uh, 22 years last November, sir. And this is how you pay me back. I don't understand. You understand. Baker, my son graduates from medical school in just one year. He'll do it without a wife. I won't have him getting serious with a girl, especially one who can do him no good. A doctor, a young doctor, starting out today... Needs to marry position, family, society. Otherwise, he's licked before he begins. <coughs> you understand me? Uh, yes, sir. Now, I have nothing against you. Your daughter is a pretty girl. But let her go with her own class. Let her stay in her own class. But, Mr. Waterbury... Uh, yes. I... I uh, yes, yes. <laughs> what is it? What is it? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I didn't know she was going with your son. <laughs> well, she has been. And I won't have it, you hear? I won't have it. Please, Mr. Waterbury, don't get excited. You're asthma. Oh, blast the asthma. I won't have it, you understand? I won't have it. Please don't excite yourself. I'm not excited. But, sir, I... I'm all right. Oh, the needle. In my desk drawer. Top drawer. Get the needle. For the past ten years, Mr. Waterbury's asthma attacks had grown increasingly severe until he was forced to have an adrenal hypodermic handy at all times. For just such a case as this... The adrenaline was magic. The coughing stopped. He sank back in his chair, white and exhausted. Uh, that's, that's my final word, Baker. Tell your daughter. Yes, sir. I, I think I'm going to take the rest of the day off. Uh, Mr. Waterbury, I have to work on some records in the safe. Uh, what should I do? I'll leave it open. Make sure you close the safe when you leave. And lock my door. Yes, sir. hated myself, weakling, coward. But 22 years is a long time. The ingrained habit of 22 years kept me the bookkeeper, him the boss. I opened the safe and took out Mr. Waterbury's private ledger. In so doing, I knocked over a small lockbox. The key was still in the lock and curiosity got the better of me. I snapped up the lid and... $500 bills. Two thick packets of $500 bills. I counted 50 bills in each pack. $50,000. My mind raced. I remembered stories, rumors of black market operations and drugs. If this was the result, no wonder it was in cash and in the box. Waterbury had been to the bank yesterday and had come back with the package. This must be it. Undeclarable profit. Money without record. Money without claim. Illegal profit. If it was lost, no police force could be called in to recover it. It was, uh... I was watching someone else. A tired old bookkeeper. Removing the money from the box, putting it in a large envelope. He stuffed the lockbox with a package of blotters, and I realized that, that this was me. This was Timothy Bacon. I was stealing the money. I locked the box, replaced it. I was putting the key in my pocket when I heard a hand on the door. I raised the seat cushion of a big black leather chair, jammed the envelope under it, and turned to the ledger I was working on. 
Oh, Baker. Uh, yes, Mr. Waterbury, yes. I was halfway out of the building. I forgot something. Did you see a little black metal box in the safe? Box? Oh, 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 oh. Do you mean that one over there? Oh, yes, that's it. I've got to take it home. Goodbye, Baker. And don't forget to talk to your daughter tonight. A final warning, remember? Yes, Mr. Waterbury, I will. And remember to lock the safe. Yes, Mr. Waterbury. He closed the door, and I stood there. I was thinking very clearly. He hadn't missed the key. But before long, he would. And his next move would be to break the box open. And then, then he would remember. He would suspect me. That money was mine. I'd earned it. It it would take me to South America. It would take us, Jesse and me, away from all the John Waterburys of the world. But I needed time. I had to get out before he discovered his loss. How? And then even if I did get away, he, he would know I had done it. And vindictive... He'd keep after me as long as he lived. As... As long as he lived. Yes, but... But what if Mr. John Waterbury were to die... before he opened that box? is bringing you Mr. Edward Arnold in Account Payable, tonight's production in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage, Edward Arnold in Account Payable, a tale well calculated to keep you in Suspense. I had the solution. Mr. Waterbury would die and I would have $50,000. A fitting retirement sum for 20 years, two years of hard work. But, but how? I looked around the room and knew that I was thinking more clearly, more quickly than I ever had in my life. My eyes came to rest upon a group of sample bottles. Samples of new Waterbury Drug Company products. I picked up one small bottle marked Poison. I felt a sudden rush of blood to my head. My body seemed to be floating, weak. I was perspiring, but something kept driving me to act. And act quickly. Poison. Poison! And how to administer it. How to... The hypodermic needle, of course. (laughs) Poison. Self-inflicted. Technical suicide. It would be easy, simple... I emptied the adrenaline out of Mr. Waterbury's ever-present hypodermic needle and filled it with the colorless liquid from the bottle in my hand. This was the poison of freedom. The poison of my freedom. Mr. Baker, I'm sorry. What what, what, what is it, Miss Jones? What is it? Mr. Baker, I'm in awful trouble. Could you come right away, please? I've got Abilene, Texas on the phone, and Mr. Baker, if Mr. Waterbury finds out, I'll get fired. All right, all right. I'll be right there. No, no, Mr. Baker, please, please, come now. Oh, all right. Lock lock the safe, will you? Sure thing. It was a maddening interruption. I was shaking with impatience, and yet as I strode to the telephone, as I talked to our representative in Texas, I felt a new authority in my manner, a new strength of character. Uh, yes, Mr. Peterson. Yes, the shipment is completely insured. You haven't a thing. You haven't a thing to worry about. No, sir. Thank you, Mr. Peterson. Goodbye. 
You have lots of authority when you want to use it. Well, Miss Jones, you, you shouldn't get so excited. It doesn't pay. Oh. And now may I go back to my work? Oh, of course, Mr. Baker. Miss Jones. Miss Jones. Yes? Miss Jones, this door to Mr. Warburton's office. I, I, I can't open it. Well, you told me to lock it. Lock it, you stupid fool. Don't you know I, I haven't got the key? Don't you know nobody but Mr. Waterbury has the key? You told me to lock it. The safe! The oh. safe! I, I told you to lock the safe, not the office. How am I going to get in there? Mr. Baker, Mr. Baker, please. Huh? Sit here, you're purple. Oh, Mr. Baker! Oh, yes, I had fainted. All I could visualize was that envelope under the cushion of a chair in Mr. Waterbury's office. The envelope with $50,000 so near and I couldn't get into that office until the next day. Why, even the cleaning woman had to get a key for Mr. Waterbury himself to go in there once a week. Well, I went home. There was nothing else to do. You look awfully tired, Dad. Why don't you go to bed? Oh, I'm really not tired, Jesse. I'm, I'm just a little nervous. But I told you, you shouldn't be. Hmm? Don't worry about Bill or Mr. Waterbury or me. I won't. We'll work things out. You wait and see. Of course, dear, of course. Yes, I'll get to bed right away. But it was no use. Sleep just wouldn't come. No, I could I could only think of Mr. Waterbury. Of a lockbox without a key. Fifty thousand dollars of the broken heart of my darling Jesse. And of a hypodermic needle filled with poison. Finally, it was morning, and I was in the office. Mr. Bo Waterbury was in when I arrived, even though I came a half hour early. The reports were that Waterbury was raging mad. I waited, on edge. Baker! Mr. Baker! Will you come in here? Yes, sir. Baker, when you were working here yesterday, did you see that lockbox? Oh, of course, Mr. Waterbury. I handed it to you, don't you remember? That's not what I mean. Did you see the key? Key? Key, yes, the key to the box. Was it in the safe? I don't know what you're talking about, sir. I didn't see any key. You fool, didn't you see anything? No, sir. Oh, Baker, come here. Now, here is the safe. You examine it. I've got to find that key. I've been all through it. Do you hear? It's not there. Well, I, I, I'll look for it, Mr. Waterbury. Yes, you look there. I'll look here. Maybe it fell under here. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I can't find anything that even resembles a key. Oh, my telephone. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Yes. This is John Waterbury. What? Oh, no. It can't be. I'll... Thank you. I'll find out about this right now. Baker! Do you know that... Baker, my boy, Bill! Uh, Mr. Waterbury. Get the needle. I started to open mechanically the desk drawer when I froze to the spot. Waterbury was writhing on the floor, gasping for breath, turning a deep red color. I couldn't move. His eyes started to bulge and his face was contorted with agony. The drawer which held the hypodermic needle was half open in my hand when another thought flashed through my brain. Poison can be traced. Death from suffocation in the throes of an asthmatic attack could not be. Slowly, I closed the desk drawer and stood near Waterbury. He could hardly breathe. He gasped spasmodically. Years of incessant, brow-beating flashed before me as I watched him, transfixed. Then, with one final convulsive gasp, 
He stopped breathing and fell back. I waited until every muscle spasm stopped. I reached over and felt his heart. And I knew that at last, Mr. John Waterbury was dead. As soon as I caught control of myself, I backed out of his office as though as I, as I was still talking to him. Uh, 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 yes, Mr. Waterbury. Uh, I'll take care of those accounts payable right away, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Baker, how is he? He looks scared to death. Oh, he's bad this morning. Oh. He's really on the warpath. Hmm. He said you're not to bother him under any circumstances. Hmm. So don't let any calls through or anything until he gives you the go-ahead. Oh, don't worry. You couldn't get me inside that office. Not for anything. <laughs> I don't blame you. I hope I never have to go in there again. I came back to my desk. An hour would give me time. An hour and I can compose myself so that I can face that dead body on the floor without exposing myself. I need that hour. Peter Galloway, my assistant, came up to me a few moments ago and... Tim, and did you go over that ledger of the old man's yesterday? Well, I didn't get too much chance, Peter. Oh. I, uh, Miss Jones called me out of the office. Oh, and... yeah, yeah, I know. Miss Jones was in a jam again. You got locked out. Yeah, yes, I remember. Yes. Hey, hey, it's lucky you didn't leave that accounts payable ledger in there. <laughs> oh, the old man would have blown his top. Uh, yes, but he... he blew his top anyhow. Oh, yeah? I wonder what's eating him. I don't know. Well, I got to get to that ledger. Oh, I'll just have to go in and beard the lion in his den. No, 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 you can't. Why, why, why not? I mean, I, I mean, you, you better wait an hour or so. I'll go in there in a little while and get it for you. Yeah, but I need it. There's something in there I need, too. I, I... Be a good boy, Peter. Have patience. You've got a wife and a family. You need your job. I've worked here for 22 years. I know Mr. Waterbury. Now, don't go in there just now. Well... Okay, if you say so. What did you leave in there? Why, I left... Oh, just something personal. Oh, oh, I see. Something personal. $50,000 that rightfully belonged to me. After Peter Galloway went back to his desk, I relaxed for a moment. And now I... Why? Why am I so frightened? I... Sooner or later, someone will have to discover that body... But why do I feel that it must be later? Bill Waterbury, young Waterbury, my Jesse's bill just came in. Miss Jones is arguing with him. Look, Miss Jones, I know you're efficient. I know what a terror dad is, but this is important. But he doesn't want to be disturbed, Mr. Bill. I know his blood pressure's up, and I know what's causing it. I'm the doctor. When he sees me, he'll explode completely, or he'll calm down. I know. Uh, Did he get a phone call about three quarters of an hour ago? Yes, I I think he did. But he left instructions. Yeah, I I know who called him, and I know what his trouble is. You catch me if I come flying out. Won't even answer. Well, here goes. Uh, Mr. Baker, I was... Shut just... up. Oh. I'm sorry, I mean that... Uh... Can I have some help in here, please? Oh. It's Dad, he's just passed out. Oh, passed out? Here. Here, uh, Galloway. Oh, you take his feet, we'll right. get him up yep. off the floor. Here we go. Get him on the All right. and, uh, That's it. Uh, here. You ought to get a pillow for his head. Tim, Tim, get a pillow. A pillow? Yeah, yeah, get anything. Miss Jones, yes. uh, Miss Jones, go get a glass of water. Yeah, how's, how's it coming, Bill? Where can I find a pillow? I don't know. Take uh, take that cushion off the black leather chair. That'll do. The black leather chair? Yeah. Don't. Don't bother, Mr. Baker. What? I said, don't bother. It isn't necessary. My father's dead. He, he, dead? Oh. Must have had a bad attack and couldn't get to his adrenaline. 
I know it had happened someday. I, I oh. just knew it. Well, what do we do? Call the hospital or the, the police? I think you'd better call the police and report it. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Baker, would you... Would you please? Yes. Now, come on. Snap out of it, Tim. Tim, you're shaking like a leaf. I... Oh, here, here. I'll do it. Uh, yeah, Tim, oh. Tim! Oh. Mr. Baker, why, he's fainted again. What? No, he, he'll be all right. He's just fainted. Oh, get a doctor. Here, let me take care of him. I'm almost a doctor. I've got to take care of him. He doesn't know it, but he's my father-in-law. I married his daughter this morning. And uh, how is he? Wait till I open his collar. Yeah. Say, this is serious. But what is it? Is he going to be all right? Oh, poor Mr. Baker. You think, think I'd better call somebody? His pulse is terribly weak. We've got to act quickly. This isn't a normal painting spell. He oh, almost do feels... Do something. Do something, All right, somebody. what, though? I... I know. Roll up his sleeve, Miss Jones. Uh, what? Adrenaline. A shot of adrenaline will bring him right around. Oh. Galloway. In the top drawer of Dad's desk, there's a little black box and a hypo needle. All it's right. It's filled with adrenaline. Hurry up. Bring it over here. That's it. Now. Good. He'll be all right now. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals, too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of the Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.